This is episode 177 of Bella in Your Business. Hi there, I'm Bella Vaster from Jump Consulting. You might know me from CBS, NBC, Fox, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, or maybe you've seen me speak on stage or read my book, The Four Dogs That Every Business Owner Needs. In any case, get ready because you're about to get your hashtag Bella butt kicking in this next episode of Bella in Your Business. So what do you say? Let's get ready and jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasto with Jump Consulting. And today I've got the most dynamic team that you probably have never heard of. I didn't. And I had to have them on the show because they do something that is near and dear to my heart. They have co-founded the Pet Industry Coalition. Katie Pape, another co-founder, and Lauren Copa are here today to explain to us what the Pet Industry Coalition actually is and how it can help you guys. So if you have staff, listen up because this is going to be an episode for you. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and kind of tell me where you're located, how you got into this. Do you currently have pet businesses? Give us a little backstory on who we're about to listen to. I'm Katie Pape and I own Windy City Paws. It's a local uh, dog walking and pet sitting company in Chicago, Illinois. We've been in business for 10 years and I have approximately 75 staff members. Incredible. Employees or ICs? All employees, of course. <laughs> and what about you, Lauren? My name is Lauren Cora, and I own Dogs Deserve It. We also just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last week, and I employ about 55 dog walkers throughout the Chicagoland area as well. So combined, the knowledge and management power we have on the podcast today is over 100 employees. So listen up because these ladies, I'm pretty sure know what they're talking about. So how did you guys meet and become friends and then get this idea for this pet industry coalition? Yes. So ironically, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Katie, Mm -hmm. the first time that we met was at a seminar that I was hosting at my office, trying to educate other dog walking companies about the difference between having 1099s versus employees. And it was at that opportunity that I got to meet Katie. And I was super impressed by her and her work ethic. And we ended up kind of coordinating on a mastermind brainstorming organization that we had with a couple of other Chicago-based pet care folks. And then we ended up coming up with the industry coalition idea. Yeah. And we have two other members too, just so you're aware. Cool. Who are they? Let's give them a shout out. Yeah, we've got David Blakeman. He owns Field Days Dog Walking. That's also in Chicago. And Dana Dubrovny, who owns Chicago Pet Sitters. That's amazing, you guys. I th- Oh, gosh. You Chicago pet sitters are just kicking it. Like Everyone that I meet in Chicago is like doing really well. And I love that you guys banded together. This is off topic, so I hope it's okay. But what drew you to each other, you know, in a dog eat dog world where a lot of people, maybe even our listeners are kind of afraid to connect with the quote unquote competition. How did you guys break that barrier and just form the solidarity? Like what kind of advice would you give to people listening saying, oh my gosh, I'm not doing that. Yeah, this was actually for me, one of my biggest lessons. When I was invited initially to be a part of a mastermind with Lauren, you know, I was concerned. She really was and is still a direct competitor of mine. We lose clients to each other all the time. We fight each other for different staff members all the time, I'm sure. So it was tough and I had some concerns and reservations, but the person who ultimately set up the mastermind kind of convinced me and really what her point was, and it ended up being true is 
There's plenty of business for everybody. This is really how the great people get even better because you can step out of your box. It's really very lonely being in this industry as an entrepreneur, keeping everything to yourself. It becomes unmanageable. So ultimately by me letting go of some of that, of course, we still hold certain things close to the vest. Of course, we're still competitors, but we're now operating in a different landscape and there is room for both of us to still be very successful, mm-hmm. but working together, we think we can change the landscape for the greater good and ultimately we'll benefit from that. So I think that took me some time. I mean, I, I didn't just jump into that. It took me over five years of being in this business to be interested in connecting with others, but I have to say it's only been a positive and everyone that I've connected with has been so incredibly open and kind and helpful more than you would think. So it's really nice. That's incredible. So what made you start this pet industry coalition? And did it come from the mastermind or is that what the mastermind is? It didn't come from the mastermind. It really came out of this concern that we were seeing in in Chicago specifically. So we really started this coalition to spread education and advocate for business owners in the pet care industry to operate in a compliant manner. We were all struggling with that. Lauren's been compliant ever since she started her business, but Like most other dog walking companies, I started out with contractors and so did many of our peers. But it's become more clear now with the way that the laws are changing and with the way that the city and state are reacting to certain laws like the ABC test, it's becoming clear that you really do need to be compliant. So at least in Chicago, we're starting to see that in California, even more so right now. For real. Yeah. So when you say compliant, I just want to dial that down for a minute. When you say compliant, you mean employees? Right. So yeah, let me clarify. Um, The point specifically that we're going to talk about, at least today on the podcast, and the biggest issue that we're thinking is compliant, what would make people compliant is really, yes, having employees versus contractors. So you know what we're seeing again, at least in Chicago, but we're seeing it all over the country as well, is that many other dog walking and pet sitting companies are misclassifying their workers as independent contractors, while at the same time asserting total control over their schedules hours, work ethic, and training. So it's really resulted in an unfair competitive advantage. Additionally, with the gig operators within the dog walking industry, like WAG and Rover, you know, they're really propagating these illegal practices. We've oh, heard yeah. many of our peers say, well, if Rover's doing it and WAG's doing it, then I have to be able to do it. But really, you know, that's not the case according to the IDES. So that's really why we started this because we saw that there was a need. People really didn't have the right education or awareness that they needed to look at how they were classifying their staff and make that change if ultimately, you know, they were having that control. And so far, everyone that we've talked to in Chicago, again, really does have that control. So we have yet to come across someone that truly has a legal appropriate reasoning for having contractors. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but we have yet to come across that. Girls, you're speaking my language. I had an independent contractor when I started. I started my company in 2002 and I sold it in 2016. And when I first started, I only for a couple months had an IC because I didn't know what to do. And I understood that I had an inner control freak. That's the way I like to describe it. And I wanted to unleash her. So I went employees before it was cool. Before people started talking about it, the whole industry was doing ICs. So I got up on my soapbox and I started, you know, the employee quick start and all this other stuff because nobody was out there to support the people with employees. So I'm just so excited that you guys are coming from an education standpoint. So let's be clear. What exactly is the mission of this pet coalition that you formed and who is it for? 
The Pet Industry Coalition believes that doing things lawfully does not have to mean being put out of business. Through education and advocacy, the coalition is here to help businesses that want to do things right and to support businesses that already are in compliance. We can assist business owners and entrepreneurs at all levels, from just starting to well-established brick-and-mortar operations. So we've got a website. We'll talk about that throughout the podcast. Right now, it's free to be a member because, again, we are on this education and advocacy track. Oh my gosh, I am so excited because it just needs to happen. It needs to happen. And then you get into online groups and things and there's so much, use the word perpetuated, uh, bad info perpetuated. I love it. I love it. So let's break down. Maybe we have someone listening right now who's just starting to get into the industry, maybe fell upon this podcast, is binging on Bella right now. And they're like, what in the world are you talking about between an employee and an IC? Girls, break it down. Yeah, so this is usually a confusing topic. A lot of people think of contractors as construction workers, trade workers, and many business owners just don't know the federal and state government definition of what is a contractor versus an employee. They actually have a specific test. As Katie had mentioned earlier, it's called the ABC test. And then the burden is on the employer to kind of show evidence that the worker does not categorize as an employee. That's the way the federal test works. So I always say, like, think about it in terms of control. The first component of this ABC test is surrounding the employer's control or direction in performing the work. In other words, just behavioral control. So to break that down, only employees can be given instructions such as how to do work, where to work, training, performance evaluation, all that kind of behavioral hands-on control. So, you know, if you train your workers or if you enforce any type of like disciplinary procedure, then your workers would technically be employees according to the IRS. That's kind of like the first test. The second test, again, we're going back to control. It focuses on the relationship between the worker and the company. Uh, It states that work has to take place outside of the usual course of the business and off-site. Customarily, that worker is engaged in an independent trade or occupation. Technically, only employees can provide services, which are key activities of the business. So what that means is if you own a dog walking company and the business supplies dog walks to customers and your workers walk those dogs, then they would technically, again, be treated as employees. The last test, which a lot of people don't know too much about is the financial control. And this is definitely like a little bit more of a complex thing. But as you'll see on Wagon Rover's site, you set your rate. So that's like one reason why they say that technically, you know, they're independent contractors. But really, it is a bit more complex than that. Only employees can have financial and business aspects controlled, such as being paid, being paid hourly or even per item by the business, having investments in training and equipment investments. So that means if you require them to wear a uniform or you provide a uniform for them, those kinds of financial controls and investments would all, again, indicate that that person would be an employee. So as a 1099 contractor, just as a quick review, you can't be trained or adhere to any quality controls. The contractor cannot be told where, when, or how to work. You can't control their rate of pay. And also, this is kind of a tidbit that most people don't know. 
they can have a different subcontractor fulfill their work duties. So think about like your walker's girlfriend. She could technically be doing the walking for your clients rather than the dog walker that you hired. And that's all totally fine in 1099 language, which is kind of a terrifying thought. And then again, as I alluded to before, in regards to invoicing, the contractor must invoice the client to be paid. And then they also must have their own kind of company and insurance to then bill you. So it's kind of a bit convoluted on that side. So again, we're kind of keying into here on the federal test. So this is according to the IRS. However, it's important to note that there are some states that have enacted different ABC tests. For example, California, Massachusetts, their tests are even more stringent. It is on the employer to prove that they are not contractors and they have even kind of defined it a little bit more so that the worker performing the work that it has to be outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. That's a huge one. That's where it gets complex, right? So even in like the wagon rovers, or even if you want to go to like Uber kind of comparison here, they are really still performing what the business does which is provide a service of, you know, whether it be dog walking or taxi services or something like that. So that really hones in on those gig operators and is trying to provide a bit more definition in an otherwise kind of gray area of the law. And we're seeing that like state by state that this is happening, that things are only getting more stringent because you just have to keep in mind that the state tests are always going to trump the federal tests. Such a good point that the state always trumps federal. And something else that's been happening is that there's like, I think it's 11, it might be 13, I don't know. There's like 11 states, Florida is one of them, that they're working with the federal government government. So if the state audits a business, then they will also share that information with the federal. So now you get that double whammy. Ladies, I don't know if you know, but a few years ago, maybe about five years ago, I got so sick and tired of people throwing around the word audit like they knew what they were talking about. (laughs) So what I did is I did case studies and I found pet sitters that had actually been audited by all the different agencies because it's not just state and federal. One gal in Texas, she was actually on my podcast. I think it was number seven. It was a while ago. And she told a story about how she had a bunch of independent contractors in Texas which is actually pretty liberal and easy for businesses. And she had to switch to employees because they said that the independent contractor did not bring their own dog bowl to feed the dog. So therefore supplies were provided. How asinine is that? (laughs) Like what? And then I got another gal who was audited and had to switch because the payment, as you were saying with that ABC test with the C, the payment was going from the client to the company to the sitter instead of from the client to the sitter and then to the company. So that flow of financials. And it was fascinating, all the stories that I got. And I was like, this is what an audit is. This is what the problem is. So everything that you ladies are saying, I'm just so excited to have you because somebody else is finally talking about this hot topic. And you were so right on the point that all the states are just getting, it's all coming down. I mean, things do follow what California do. I hate to say it, but it does. It's only a matter of time. So if you're thinking long-term with your business, listen up. Because this pet industry coalition is here to help and support you. So 
Why don't we transition a little bit more into if I were to become a member right now, you said it's free, but what could I expect as a member? Just you guys there to help support me or do you give me a lawyer or what do you guys do for me as a member of the Pet Industry Coalition? Yeah, it's a great question. So again, as Katie had mentioned, membership is free. Just a little plug right there. And what's the website while we're talking about it? It's petindustrycoalition.com. Well, that's easy. (laughs) Okay, go on. You're very easy to remember. (laughs) And so as a member, you get access to our team of experts, which is Katie and I, as well as the other two founders. And that is honestly, totally free consultation regarding compliance. We have created so many awesome relationships with our members already. Just by having a person to be able to speak to about it on the phone is huge, right? This is often like a daunting, very complicated. People um, are scared. They're paralyzed in fear. So they exactly. stick their head in the sand and like an ostrich and pretend like nothing's happening. And I love that it's you guys, because it's like, you don't have anything to sell them. And I think oftentimes people don't, they turn me off because they think I'm trying to sell them. That's cool that I can now have you guys to refer people to. Absolutely. I I think one of the key things that, you know, we're trying to let people know is, you know, this is definitely every business owner's choice, but we want them to understand that this could happen to you. I'll talk about that a little bit later with you, but if you are audited and there's a number of ways you might be, this is likely what's going to happen because as Lauren just read the ABC test, I mean, again, I know you have to look at what your state has, but there's really no way around it. That's why I said earlier, I don't know any dog walking company myself that can have a dog walker as a contractor. That's central to the actual business and the service that you're providing. It's in your business name, most most of yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know anyone that's that has walkers that have their own businesses who are invoicing them and carry their own insurance and workers comp. Amen, I don't sister. know a single person that does that. We all know why people have contractors. It's it's much cheaper, really. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's cheaper, but you're hurting that walker, you know, you're robbing them of all of these benefits that they really should have legally. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can keep burying your your head in the sand as an ostrich, but if that happens to you, now you're going to have to work on a totally different timetable and potentially have egregious fines that can even put you out of business. So, you know, we're really hoping that people's ears will perk up and they'll be interested in becoming compliant in this matter on their terms. So when we're talking to people who are interested, we're giving them real contacts, you know, hey, talk to this accountant. Here's our labor lawyer. I mean, we have real people to connect them with. We know these real pain points. We've gone through this process. And it only behooves us to help them because we want a more level playing field and we want people in the dog walking industry to be treated appropriately and fairly, not as contractors, but as employees for for all the reasons we already mentioned. So it definitely behooves us to kind of right now be free with our time and energy and kind of see this whole pool, uh, this whole industry elevate. That's our hope. You guys, seriously, if I was a dog, my tail would be wagging and my whole body would be doing that wiggly butt thing because it makes me so excited. So I want to go back to that question about what do I get? So you get access to your resources. You get to talk to you guys. I think I cut you off because I got excited, quite honestly. No, no, not at all. It's easy to go on a tangent in this subject matter, you know? Oh, for sure. And that's why these podcasts are just a conversation. So what else could I expect if I joined the coalition? Yeah. So once you get membership access, you have kind of like your private portal through the coalition website. In that, 
We give you step-by-step guides for businesses at all levels. So for, you know, just starting and hiring your first employee all the way up to very like advanced businesses like Katie and I, and gives you the process of becoming compliant step-by-step as well as like the agencies and forms you have to file. We try to make it as straightforward and less daunting of a process as possible. Mm -hmm. So you get access to that. You get access to kind of our library of articles where we kind of break down everything for you so that it becomes more clear and easier to understand. And also monthly webinars with kind of what we call an expert. An expert can be anyone from an employment lawyer. This next month we're having, he's the number one policy writer for workman's compensation in the pet care industry. So he's going to be speaking about the importance of workers. Yeah, of course. He's my boy. Love him. The best. So you have access to those free webinars. And also we send out monthly newsletters with legal updates. They're federal and state level so that you can keep abreast of those. And also just kind of other tips on how to maintain compliance in different aspects of your business aside from the employee classification efforts. You guys are amazing. Why do you do this? And why did you decide to go national with it and not just keep it in Chicago? We care. We care about everyone in this industry and we want to really elevate the entire industry. We want everyone to really understand that this is a miss, this isn't compliant, and why? And in an industry that, at least for us in urban areas, is typically riddled with a lot of turnover, people aren't really doing this as their career, again, at least in urban areas, giving them these appropriate benefits that they really should have based on how you're treating your staff anyway as employees can help keep people longer. It can be a better recruitment tool. I mean, there definitely are stronger positives to the business as well. So we didn't want to be too micro in our thinking. We really wanted to also make sure, especially because California and Massachusetts are experiencing different things. We wanted to talk to these people, see what they're saying. What are they experiencing on the ground? Because we do expect, like you said, when California goes one way, we're expecting that to trickle down to many other states. So really to to be aware as well. We kind of want to be a part of this community on a bigger level, bigger scale. Yeah. And just really quick, Bella, because you brought up such a good point you know, to be clear, we are not lawyers. And so that's just something we want to put out there. Our job is to, like Katie said perfectly, to educate and advocate. And really a huge component about that is breaking this down, right? Most people, when they see this subject matter, like your eyes kind of gloss over. Most dog walking company owners get into it because they love animals and they, you know, they have this entrepreneurial fervor, but when it comes to legal stuff, they don't want to deal with it. So our job is really kind of sifting through all this applicable information, making sure that we can make it easy for you to understand and easy for you to follow. And if there's ever a question, for example, one of the most recent members I spoke with, she had a question that was really state specific for an employment lawyer. And at that time, I'll send her a referral to someone. So, you know, we do connect people if we feel like it is too much like out of our scope. It is incredible, ladies. Anything that I can do to help you or connect you. I know a lot of different networking groups in different states and my list is very extensive. So anyway, I can help spread the word of your good work. I am so on board for you guys. I just, I love that you're, that's perfect word that you use, Lauren, advocate. And you're really advocating for everyone and just educating them as well. So tell me in the last few minutes, is there any final thoughts or points that you guys want to get in before we close this up? 
kind of the scary part, but the compelling part is, yeah, what are the consequences of misclassifying? So they can be pretty severe. To give you an idea, one of the coalition's co-founders had firsthand experience with this. In the fall of 2015, the co-founder owned a dog walking and pet sitting business and had multiple dog walkers. One of their dog walkers resigned due to an upcoming move across the country. The walker was in totally good standing with the employer, but after they resigned, they also happened to file for unemployment benefits with Illinois. I think most people now in this industry understand that people don't know how unemployment works. So this co-founder was surprised that this walker did that. But when they did, the benefits were denied, but IDES found no unemployment insurance trust to pull funds from had the claim been approved. So the owner basically then received the ABC test and IDES concluded that the workers were, or are rather, employees, regardless of the classification. So IDES did an extensive audit to determine that. And basically, this co-founder had to pay basically about 10 grand, and that was unemployment tax and interest. And the owner was given 30 days to reclassify the workers as employees by setting up all necessary accounts, obtaining workers' comp, and filing corresponding paperwork. So that's the scary part, you know, a fine plus the 30 days. Fortunately, the auditor determined that the owner did not willfully violate the laws, willfully failing to obtain workers' comp. You may be fined just for that up to $500 for every day of non-compliance with a minimum fine of 10 grand. Additionally, officers can also be held personally liable for payments if found in willful violation. So you so, can't just close up your business and file for bankruptcy because you're still going to be liable personally for it which is also something that it's double whammy if you have a partnership with someone or if you're married or if you have a house or any assets. I kind of say, ladies, I don't know if you agree with this or not. When you look at the IC employee debate, despite all the education, I look at someone and I go, so how much risk are you willing to take? That's what it comes down to. Right. And that's what it came down for us really too. I mean, we wanted to be able to sleep at night. We didn't want to fear that something could happen, even through no fault of our own. You know, here's someone who moved, no hard feelings, and something happens, you know, based on a misunderstanding or miscommunication. So really, that's just the tip of the iceberg. One of the other cool resources that are on our website, if you do have a free membership, we actually have this really cool calculator. It is scary, but it's scary in the right way, where you can basically plug in your numbers. You can plug in your numbers and kind of see what kind of fines could you be in for if you were audited and it was determined that, you know, your staff are employees. So that's a really cool calculator and something that has been really helpful when we've talked to members to get them to really understand in math what this could look like. I mean, they're going to go up to three years of worker back taxes. There's going to be an interest rate. There's going to be potential penalties. I mean, for a bunch of things. So, I mean, really, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to go on record and say that you guys are the most valuable podcast I've had resource-wise. And I have had, when this comes out, over 165 episodes. Wow. This is definitely going to be on like the best of. This is so ridiculously valuable. I want everybody to comment and share this episode and really spread the word, okay? Whether you love me or you hate me, This is information that the entire industry needs to hear, you guys. And these ladies have a lot of heart in the game, but not skin in the game. They're not there to sell you anything. It's it's there for free. They want to help you. They want to connect you. They, as they said, want to elevate this industry. So help them with that mission by telling more and more people about this coalition. And let's get the word out because this is something that 
we really need in this industry. And if you're barking up the wagon rover tree and all pissed off about that, then this is something that you need to start supporting and sharing whether or not you need their help or you know people that need their help. Okay. So ladies, tell us again what the website is. Yep. www.petindustrycoalition.com. Boom. You heard it here first. This is Bella in your business. And remember when life gets you down, guys, always keep jumping. So what did you think? Did you love this episode? I sure hope you did because I put a lot of love into this for you. Uh, The best way you can show me that is by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast and go ahead and leave a review. I just might read it on the next episode. I also want to remind you that when life gets you down, remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for listening.